Hey students, it, it's again so good to see all of you tonight. Those of you who just joined in, uh, I just gave you some announcements and we'll hit those again at the end. Uh, tonight we are continuing our study called Simple Gospel. Uh, and really, uh, as we talked last week, we identified that the main goal of this study is really for us to simplify our faith, for us to gain a simplified understanding of what does it mean to be a believer in Christ and what are the main aspects of our faith that really influence us? What are the core foundational cornerstones of our faith? And so last week we talked about creation and what it means uh, for God to have created the earth and what that means about who God is as an authority figure in our life and what that means as God is a creator and inventor. And we talked about uh, because God created and the way God created, he showed us that he created with intention and with purpose. And as humans, we are a part of that creation. And we talked about something really unique about how God created humans. We talked about how God made us in his image to be like him. And so we saw that God created us with intention and with purpose. You know, as I was uh, talking this week, you know, we, I was talking with Elizabeth, and we really were just talking about how refreshing it is to just take a simplified look at Scripture. You know, we spend so much time uh, as Christians diving deep, and most of the studies that we do at youth are, are deep uh, studies of Scripture and of themes for us to grasp as believers, and we, we spend so much time going deep, sometimes we forget the beauty of simplicity. And, you know, simplicity can be a really beautiful thing, and the simple facts that God created, that God forgives, that God died on the cross and rose again, the simple truths, now those are really beautiful and really powerful, but sometimes we just forget that beauty. Sometimes we overlook that beauty because we're busy trying to go deeper and find that deeper meaning, that deeper nugget of truth, which is great for us to do, but sometimes we just need to breathe and take a simplified look. So I hope that through this study, you will gain that uh, refreshing uh, understanding of Scripture and, and regain uh, that beauty of Scripture in your life. And so this week, tonight, we are taking it a step further. We're going one more chapter in Genesis. Last week, we looked at Genesis 1 and 2, and this week, we're going to be in Genesis chapter 3 as we talk about the fall of man. And, and so we're really going to be talking about the consequences that Adam and Eve faced when they made a bad decision in the Garden of Eden. And we, we got right up to that point last week where God had commanded Adam and Eve not to eat from the tree of knowledge of good and evil or the tree of life. And so we're about to see how they handled that tonight. And as we discuss things tonight, I want us to look at three main things that I believe the fall of man teaches us. And so as we prepare to do that, turn in your Bibles to Genesis chapter 3. And if you have notes, I would encourage you to take notes if you've got a, a pen and paper. We're going to read the entire chapter of Genesis chapter 3 together. It's not too long. Uh, I hope that you will read it out loud with me. If you have your Bible, participate in this reading. Here we go. Genesis chapter 3. The serpent was the shrewdest of all the wild animals the Lord God had made. One day he asked the woman, Did God really say you must not eat from the fruit from any of the trees in the garden? Of course we may eat fruit from the trees in the garden, the woman replied. It's only the fruit from the tree in the middle of the garden that we are not allowed to eat. God said you must not eat it or even touch it. If you do, you will die. 
You won't die, the serpent replied to the woman. God knows that your eyes will be opened as soon as you eat it, and you will be like God, knowing both good and evil. The woman was convinced. She saw that the tree was beautiful, and its fruit looked delicious, and she wanted the wisdom it would give her. So she took some of the fruit and ate it. Then she gave some to her husband, who was with her, and he ate it too. At that moment, their eyes were opened, and they suddenly felt shame at their nakedness. So they sewed fig leaves together to cover themselves. When the cool evening breezes were blowing, the man and his wife heard the Lord God walking about in the garden. So they hid from the Lord God among the trees. Then the Lord God called to the man, Where are you? He replied, I heard you walking in the garden, so I hid. I was afraid because I was naked. Who told you that you were naked? The Lord asked. Have you eaten from the tree whose fruit I commanded you not to eat? The man replied, It was the woman you gave me who gave me the fruit, and I ate it. Then the Lord God asked the woman, What have you done? The serpent deceived me, she replied. That's why I ate it. Then the Lord God said to the serpent, Because you have done this, you are cursed more than all animals, domestic and wild. You will crawl on your belly, groveling in the dust as long as you live. And I will cause hostility between you and the woman, and between your offspring and her offspring. He will strike your head, and you will strike his heel. Then he said to the woman, I will sharpen the pain of your pregnancy, and in pain you will give birth. And you will desire to control your husband, but he will rule over you. And to the man he said, Since you listened to your wife and ate from the tree whose fruit I commanded you not to eat, the ground is cursed because of you. All your life you will struggle to scratch a living from it. It will grow thorns and thistles for you, though you will eat of its grains. By the sweat of your brow you will have food to eat until you return to the ground from which you were made. For you were made from dust, and to dust you will return. Then the man, Adam, named his wife Eve, because she would be the mother of all who live. And the Lord God made clothing from animal skins for Adam and his wife. Then the Lord God said, Look, the human beings have become like us, knowing both good and evil. What if they reach out, take fruit from the tree of life, and eat it? Then they will live forever. So the Lord God banished them from the Garden of Eden, and he sent Adam out to cultivate the ground from which he had been made. After sending them out, the Lord God stationed mighty cherubim to the east of the Garden of Eden, and he placed a flaming sword that flashed back and forth to guard the way of the tree of life. So Genesis 3 is a really pivotal moment in the world, in the entire universe, in our history as humans, and here as we see in Scripture. We go from Genesis 1 and 2 where God is blessing Adam and Eve and He's showering his blessings upon them. He's given them the whole garden to uh, Adam and Eve disobeying the Lord. And all the blessings that they were given are now gone before their eyes. And they've been kicked out of the Garden of Eden. And we call this moment the fall of man because it's in this moment that man fell out of perfect relationship with God. Before this moment... Man and God were in perfect unity and perfect relationship together. Man was living and loving God, and God was living with and loving man. But in this moment, in this moment of disobedience from Adam and from Eve, in this moment where they gave in to temptation, 
when they were deceived by Satan, they fell out of right relationship with God. So we call this moment the fall of man. And as I said, I think there's really three main things that we see uh, through this chapter. And the first is this. The fall shows us the reality of sin and evil. The fall shows us the reality of sin and evil. Right at the beginning of chapter 3, we see that sin and evil are characterized by deception. It even says that the serpent deceived Eve and that she fell for the deception. And when God is questioning her, she says she eats from the tree because the serpent deceived her. And so we see that sin and evil are characterized by deception. You know, we see this deception in the way that the serpent twisted the words of God. He looks at Eve and says, did God really say that you couldn't eat from any of the trees? When in fact, God had just said, hey, you can eat from anything you want except for these two trees. And Eve kind of catches on to this and calls Satan out on his crap and says, no, God said we could eat from the trees, but just not these two, because we would die if we ate from it. And Satan again goes and twists God's words and says, would you really die? And then we start to see the next point of deception, how Eve starts to view the trees in the middle of the garden. She starts viewing the trees as beautiful, which, which they were. But she also viewed uh, life after eating from the trees as beautiful too. She didn't recognize the consequences. She didn't recognize that disobedience le leads to consequences. And so Eve was completely deceived by the serpent, and then her perception of the tree was deceived as well. You know, oftentimes we get tricked into believing that sin, that bad things are actually way better than they are. And we oftentimes convince ourselves or are deceived into believing that if we do something, it'll end up better than it actually will. And I know we've all been there where we've gone into something thinking it's going to be great and it's ended up being awful and terrible. When someone's told us, hey, you really don't want to do that, and we do it anyway, thinking, what do they know? It's going to be okay. I know what's best. And we do that. We follow our own way. And all it does is lead to hurt and destruction. You know, Eve is in that point where she essentially says, yeah, God told me not to eat from this, but what does he know? I know better. I think it's good for my life, so I'm going to do it. You see, Eve in that moment takes things into her own hands. She decides that her way is better than God's way. You know, last week we talked about because God is the creator, that means that we do not have the right to take things into our own hands. It means that we don't have the right to change how God designed things and how God intended things. And here in this moment, Eve decides that she can do that. She decides that she can live how she wants and that she can make the rules and make her own rules for her life. <clears throat> you know, I think back numerous times in my life where I thought something would fulfill me. And, and you know, whether it was, you know, I remember this time I really wanted a pair of tennis shoes. Uh, I was a senior in high school. I was on the football team, and we had to wear these polos and you know dress up nice on game days. And I said, you know what I need? You know what would really just make me the cool kid in school is if I had a custom pair of Nike tennis shoes. And our, our team colors, our school colors were red, black, and white. So that's what I did. I went on, 
uh, Nike.com, and I customized a red, black, and white pair of Nike shoes. I thought they were the coolest pair of shoes ever to exist. And I walked into school. I only wore them on game day, okay? Only wore them for my game day outfit, you know? So I go walking into school the first game day that we had, just thinking, man, everyone's going to comment on my shoes, how good they look. I'm about to be the coolest kid in school because I've got these slick Nike tennis shoes that are custom made for my game day outfit. Like, how cool is that, right? But I was very disappointed. All of the hope and excitement that had built up inside of me, all the fulfillment that I thought I was going to receive from this pair of tennis shoes never came. No one commented on my shoes. I was actually talking to my mom yesterday. I called her and I said, Mom, and I called my dad too, and both of them you know, pointed out numerous things in my life of things that I thought would fulfill me and I never ended up using them or got fulfillment. But my mom said, yeah, you bought this pair of shoes your senior year and you thought they were the hottest thing. You know, You just thought they were so cool. But I didn't know what you were doing spending $200 on a dumb pair of tennis shoes. And that's, you know, that was the sad truth is I was willing to go to great lengths to try to find fulfillment from the world. You know, I turned to something thinking that it was better and that it was more promising than it actually was. I put my hope in something that couldn't actually fulfill me. You know, I think also of times when uh, I bought, I wanted this remote control car. You know, one of my best friends in high school had this really sweet remote control car and I begged and begged and begged for it, and finally I got it, and I think it sat in my closet more than I took it outside to play with it. Or I think of a time when, uh, as a, when I was a kid in middle school, I wanted this motorized scooter that went 17 miles an hour exactly. And I wanted this motorized scooter, and begged and begged and begged for it, thinking it would just make me so cool and bring me so much joy, and I barely rode it. It sat in our garage more than I ever took it out. You know, a lot of times we turn to things, and while those things in and of themselves may not be sinful, a lot of times we turn to sin, things that are sinful. We turn to our own ways. We turn to the world for fulfillment and for satisfaction. And Eve here, we see, is turning to this tree. She's turning into sin and deception to give her the fulfillment that she thinks she needs. You know, the truth that we see through all of this is that sin overpromises but under delivers. Sin over promises, but under delivers. Sin will promise you great things. Sin is enticing. And just like Eve looked at that tree and thought it was beautiful, sometimes to us, sin looks beautiful. Popularity looks beautiful. And the things that you have to do to gain popularity might seem worth it. Going to great lengths and walking through sin to gain popularity may seem worth it to you to gain that beautiful item of popularity with your friends and at school. But sin overpromises and underdelivers. Sin doesn't tell you about all the people that you're going to hurt in order to achieve your goals. Sin doesn't tell you about the hurt that you're going to give yourself in trying to achieve your sinful goals. 100% of the time you will walk through sin expecting great things and you'll walk out disappointed you'll walk out feeling empty and you'll walk out feeling hurt because sin over promises and under delivers 
And it goes back to what Eve said about the serpent. What the serpent does to Eve. Sin deceives. Satan wants you to fall into sin. And so Satan makes it enticing. Satan makes sin look pleasing to you. Because he knows if it didn't look pleasing, you wouldn't fall for it. That's just the simple truth. If sin wasn't appealing, you wouldn't fall into sin. And so Satan knows that he has to make sin appealing in order to get you to turn from God and follow your own way. Sin is deceiving. Now, as we look through Genesis chapter 3, I think the second thing that we see from the fall is this. That the fall shows us the importance of obedience. The fall shows us the importance of obedience. It shows us the importance of obeying God. It shows us the importance of not changing the creation. And it shows us the importance of following how God designed things. When we decide to disobey God, when we decide that we don't need to obey God and we can take things into our own hands, when we take things into our own hands and start following our own plan, bad things start to happen. If you need an example, look no further than Genesis chapter 3 to see that when we as humans take things into our own hands and don't follow God and we are not obedient to God, that bad things start to happen. Look at Eve. Eve decided she didn't need to obey God. And what happened? What happened? Her eyes were open to evil. You see, she didn't understand that God didn't want them to eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil because he didn't want to expose them to evil. He wanted to protect them. But because Eve decided to disobey God, she lost that protection. Adam lost that protection. They ended up losing all of the blessings that God had given them. Look, Adam and Eve were kicking it in the garden, all right? They had their feet kicked back. They didn't have cares in the world. They had all their needs provided for. They had, I mean, just think of like paradise, right? Adam and Eve had the perfect situation in the Garden of Eden. And because they decided to disobey God, because Adam and Eve decided to follow their own plans, they lost that. They lost God's blessings. And had they obeyed God, their life, our lives, would have been much, much better. Now, I can think of numerous times throughout my life where I've decided that my way was better than God's way. I can just name you time after time after time after time where I decided that the way I wanted to live was better than the way God wanted me to live. Where I was disobedient. When I didn't obey God. Now, I can tell you 100% of the time, I wish that I would have obeyed God. Because walking into my own plans, I thought they looked great. But I didn't see what God was protecting me from. God calls us to live a specific way, not because he's mean, not because he wants to, to be difficult and make your life harder. No, God doesn't give us rules to obey because he wants to make your life hard. That's not it. God gives us his word. God gives us guidelines for how to live. God designed things in a specific way to protect us. 
God wants to protect you. Let him. If you'll obey God, you will sit under his protection. But the moment that you decide, like Adam and Eve did, to step out from underneath God's protection, you will be exposed to evil. And you will fall into sin. And then, because you've decided to go your own way, you are going to face the consequences that come with disobeying God. Look, you're a kid, right? You have parents. You've been disobedient before, and you know that when you're disobedient, there are consequences. Sometimes the consequences aren't huge, and sometimes they're really big. And it works the same way with God. Even though God forgives us, there's still consequences, and we still have to deal with those consequences. But following God leads to blessings. If we will follow God, we will fully experience his blessings. But when we choose not to follow God, that path only leads to disappointment and destruction. I want you to know that. Following God leads to blessings. And following your own way, your own path, disobeying God leads to destruction and disappointment. The final thing that I think we see in Genesis chapter 3 is really one of the most important things as believers that we recognize from this. And that is the fall shows us our need for a Savior. The fall shows us our need for a Savior. And because of sin, we need that Savior. You and I need a Savior because of our sin. Adam and Eve, the moment they decided to disobey God, were in need of a Savior. Someone to rescue them from their sin. Now, why would we be in need of a Savior because of our sin? And, and here's why. And we know in the book of Romans that the wages of sin is death and that sin separates us from God. Catch that. We've talked about this before, that sin separates. And sin separates us from God. When we live a lifestyle of sin, when we sin and, and live a lifestyle of sin without repentance, we are living outside and without the presence of God. When we sin, we are not in the presence of God. When you lie, you are not in the presence of God. When you cuss, you are not in the presence of God. When you talk back to your parents, you are not in the presence of God. Sin separates us. It doesn't matter how small or how large the sin we think it may be. In God's eyes, all sin is equal. All sin is equal in God's eyes. And all sin separates us from God's presence. And because we are separated from that relationship, that presence of God, we need a Savior. We need Jesus Christ, our Savior, to bring us back into right standing. And we talked about, in our last series, about justifying grace. How in that moment when we choose to follow God, He restores that relationship. He restores our relationship with Him and brings us back in to the Lord's presence. Because of our sin, we are in need of a Savior. And thankfully, as we just said, because of Jesus, and because of what Jesus Christ did on the cross, we are able to have access to the Father. Because of what Jesus did on the cross for you and for me, we are able to receive forgiveness. We are able to receive redemption. 
we're able to be made right with God and we are able to step back into his presence. But the fall, the fall of man shows us our need for a savior. In two weeks, we, when we come back, we're going to talk more about the crucifixion. And we're going to talk more about the resurrection and, and what that means for us as believers. And the importance of what Jesus did through dying on the cross and through raising from the grave. Now, I love you guys and I really hope that you will take these messages and that you will apply them to your life and that you'll learn about these core parts of our faith so that you can be equipped to share the gospel with everyone that you come around. You have such a huge sphere of influence. You have such a huge reach. You have so many people around you through social media and just in person. So I would encourage you to equip yourself to be able to share the gospel with everyone that you come into contact with. I'm going to pray, and then we're going to hop over onto Zoom for small groups. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you for this, this night. I thank you for the time that we can just come together as brothers and sisters in Christ. And Lord, I pray tonight, Lord, that you would forgive us of our sin. You would forgive us for being disobedient. Lord, I pray that you would protect us from deception. Lord, I pray that you would protect us from evil. Lord, I pray that you would help us to follow you with all of our strength. I pray that you would help us be obedient followers of Christ. And Lord, we thank you that when we do fall, when we do fall short of your glory, Lord, we thank you that your forgiveness and your redemption are there and made available to us through what Jesus did for us on the cross and through the grave. So Lord, I pray for these students tonight, Lord, that you would give them the strength to withstand evil. Give them the strength to withstand sin. Give them the strength to follow you and to not follow themselves. Give them the strength to be obedient. Lord, I pray for anyone tonight Lord, that doesn't have a relationship with you. Lord, I pray for anyone tonight who is following their own path. Lord, I pray that you would make them aware of their sin. Lord, I pray that you would make them aware of the consequences of sin. Lord, I pray that you would make them aware of the consequences that come with not living in relationship with you. And Lord, because of that awareness, Lord, I pray that they would turn from their sin and choose to be obedient followers of Christ, obedient sons and daughters of the Lord. So Lord, I thank you for each and every one of these students, Lord, and just the purpose that you have for all of their lives. Lord, I pray that you give them the strength to keep pushing through each and every day, especially during this time. Lord, we just pray that you would bless our nation, Lord, protect those who are fighting this virus. Lord, we pray that you would heal those who are sick. And Lord, we eagerly await the time that we can come back together again as, as a family, Lord, and worship you and study your word together in person. And Lord, we pray that you would just keep our flames lit until that day comes. 
Lord, we love you and we thank you and we just pray your blessings upon these students. And it's in your name we pray. Amen. Hey everyone, this is Nathan Sell, the youth pastor at Destin United Methodist Church. I want to thank you for taking the time to listen to this podcast. My prayer is that the Lord would use this podcast as an opportunity to speak life into you. I hope all of you know the love that the Lord has for you and that you are experiencing His blessings each and every day. God bless you and thank you for listening.